Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the morning show. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing okay, but uh, I would love to be in Augusta, Georgia. I see um, you have your uh, Masters outfit on today. Yeah, I'm a Masters fanboy. <laughs> I, uh, I love the Masters. I'd it's, like to go. I would, too. I think everyone, any golf, golfer, golf fan would love to go to the Masters. It starts today, although uh, a little bit of a delay. There's rain um, in Augusta. We have a leader. Already? Jose Maria Olathabel, 56 years old. He's at one under after one. Already? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, your favorite, Tiger Woods, tees off at 11 o'clock. You know who's missing this year? Phil. Lefty. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to miss him this year. No. You know who else is missing? Um, There's a former Masters champion sitting in jail. You're kidding me. No. Really? Yeah. Uh, Danny Did Willett? You, no. Angel Cabrero. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's in jail still? Mm. It was yeah. drug, drugs, right? No, um, domestic abuse. Oh, in, in, in his uh, home country? Argentina. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here in Michigan, we have uh, 41 degrees and rain. Another rainy day, Friday and Saturday, maybe even some snow mixed with rain on Friday morning. But next week, uh, good news will be in uh, around 70. Good. 70. Uh, no? I think we're all ready to get outside. The, the consensus around the building is that we're, we're sick of these gray skies. Yeah, we are just so sick of the gray skies around here. So we're ready for some sun. Uh, today is National Beer Day. Happy National Beer Day! Cheers. It was uh, cheers. <laughs> uh, enjoy a pint of uh, GRB Monkey Mouth. It's uh, named in honor of the um, first day, 1933, that the law went into effect that allowed the brewing of uh, beer up to 4% alcohol by volume following uh, prohibition. Brandon, if you could pick one beer, what would it be? One beer? Just one. Um, probably Guinness. Yeah, probably Guinness. Mm. I can't finish a Guinness. Not all day, but if I had one beer. One, you'd pick one, yeah. Hmm. Mm. That's a good one. I think I'd pick Monkey Mouth from uh, GRB. If you say so. Yeah, sure. That's what I'm having right now. <laughs> So I get ready to watch the Masters. The Masters today, Friday, opening day. The Tigers will be taking on the White Sox at 1 o'clock, and it's um, anticipated to be a complete sellout. But tickets are available through the uh, scalpers and uh, assorted methods. Yeah, definitely. And if you wait uh, and don't want to go to opening day, want to go to some of those games during the middle of the year, you can get in for like 5 bucks. So watch opening day on TV. That's another one of those big events that I've never been to. And I know there's a lot of people, uh, we always see groups of people from Jackson head up to opening day. Mm -hmm. Looks like a good time. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people don't ever get into the ballpark. They just, it's a big tailgate day. Yeah, that's, that, could be, that could be me even, so. Yeah, um, all restrictions are off. No masks, no uh, requirements to get into the stadium. And uh, Detroit police are anticipating a return to the regular tailgating and frivolity that occurs around the stadium. And uh, they say, bring it on. Yeah, so. that's right. should be fun. I was going through my phone looking at some pictures uh, from uh, two years ago, just kind of see what we were doing during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then something else popped up. Um, we were at the national championship game at Ford Field 13 years ago. That's how long wow. the Final Four was. That's how long ago the Final Four was in Ford Field. Doesn't that, that just seem like a couple years ago? 13 years ago? Yes. Wow. I know. Yeah. 
It's amazing. We've lost, I think we've lost, you know, a lot of the, the just the concept of time. I think so pandemic. too. You know, one thing we've talked about um, too is uh, kids during the pandemic and uh, how worried we are about them. We do uh, a scholar athlete presentation every week, uh, sponsored by Ducks of Mid-Michigan. And you were around, we had three kids in yesterday. Mm -hmm. These kids are all doing better than fine. Kids are fine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're doing, they're doing great. So I do know that kids are uh, definitely happy that things are uh, back to normal, but um, kids are doing probably better than adults. And I think the adults are kind of trying to make it about the kids a little bit mm -hmm. to make us feel better about why we maybe feel so crappy, but kids yeah. are doing fine in my opinion. Kids are resilient. They are- Never uh, heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Although in Pennsylvania, there's a school district that is uh, trying to limit uh, the snacks kids are bringing into the schools. Yeah. So they now have a, a snack police. Uh, as you walk into the school, they search your backpack and make sure that you don't bring in anything bigger than a four ounce bag of chips and a 20 ounce <laughs> bottle of soda because kids have been bringing in and they are- You know. <laughs> they're, they're trading. Brina, remember we were at Jackson High a couple weeks ago and there was this kid with a two liter bottle of Pepsi on his desk? <laughs> I, you know what, that, that was not uncommon for people to bring in like the end of a two liter, like at all. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, not, that's yeah. not that uncommon. Um, but yeah, I think uh, anyone bringing in a full-size bag of chips, that might be too we much. Have people here that bring in two yeah, no, the two-liter thing is that you're, 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 you're judging that wrong. No, the kids have to stay hydrated. I, you know, there was a big outcry. This the school district, Aliquippa Junior Senior High, they, uh, they had to uh, retract their, uh, their uh, lunch police, uh, snack police. They should. Yeah. Yeah. They Who cares? You know, no one's ever bringing in a full two-liter. It's always like almost well, gone or a half gone. So what does it matter? Yeah, whatever's left. Yeah, and what does it matter? Yeah, and yeah. it's and it's uh, it's lost all its fizz. <laughs> I never brought snacks to school. No. No. How can you get? Did to you? No. no. No, we never. I brought. Never brought snacks. No, we weren't allowed no. to bring snacks. I think I, the most I brought was a roll of certs. Yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I mentioned the Final Four we were at 13 years ago. Um, one of the Cinderella teams, uh, St. Peter's, uh, it's not likely that they will be back next year as a strong team because already their coach has gone to Seton Hall, Shaheen Holloway. The day after Kansas won, they hired him. And three of the uh, stars of St. Peter's have entered the NCAA transfer portal, including the stash, Doug Eater, Daryl Banks III, and Matthew Lee. So, too bad. I, I just think it's ridiculous. <laughs> Is it, don't you? What? That they're leaving? Yes. <laughs> what are you doing? Come on, they're guys. Uh, they want to get upgrade. I know, but you're, you're taking advantage of the situation like that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you got to take advantage. You got to. Why wouldn't you want to be a big man on campus in Saint, at St. Peter's? Well, they might not Especially get. Especially if you look like Doug. <laughs> you know? Um, unless any of these guys end up at Michigan, I really don't care. Doug um, Eater, he should leave school and go to like Saturday Night Live or something. I think he has a career. Yeah, they have, uh, it's, but you know, the whole transfer portal and college athletics is so goofy right now. Mm -hmm. LSU, basketball, they fired their coach and uh, everyone ans entered the transfer <laughs> portal, not just the th uh, just three. I just saw a story out of, uh, I, think, I think it was Grambling State. Um, 
the volleyball coach kicked everyone off the volleyball team yesterday, and that's scholarship players. Wow. You know? Why? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure it'll come out. But, yeah, it's, it's getting hard to uh, predict college athletics, especially in basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only uh, five men or five women on the court at all times. So uh, a transfer here and a transfer there can change the landscape of uh, the game. Mm-hmm. No, it's how, you know, strong benches uh, make a big difference in the uh, basketball tournament. Yep. Uh, here's a headline I saw yesterday I had a hard time believing. Uh, an Oregon romance novelist, she wrote a book, How to Murder Your Husband. I think I saw she this. She wrote the book. And she did it. How to Murder Your Husband. She's on trial for, guess what, murdering her husband. No, she looks like she could... Murder. Yeah, apparently Good she Lord. Uh, she gunned down her husband of 25 years. Uh, he, <sighs> the guy was working, he, he was a chef, and she came into the kitchen and shot him in the back, allegedly. And so, yeah, so apparently <laughs> it's like she followed her own instructions. We had some uh, O.J. Simpson news out of the booth. I saw a guy, uh, you know, O.J. Simpson is just out and about. Is he still alive? He's alive and well. Is he still in jail? No. No? No, no. No, he is, uh, I think he just lives in Florida and hangs out at bars. But uh, he still has fans come up to him nonstop. So it's amazing. It's, it's almost like, you know, you wonder what his celebrity status would be like, you know. It's just crazy. It's crazy that people, people uh, continue to go up to him and uh, seek photos and things with him. Hmm. But I, I tell you what, she, she looks like she's guilty, hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson is likely to be supreme, uh, confirmed to the Supreme Court um, later this morning. First black woman in the nation's highest bench. That'd be, that's expected. We've already got um, three Republican senators that said they will side with the Democrats to approve her, so that's uh, expected uh, later today. Uh, pandemic, the state has changed their reporting once a week now, and they've added probable cases. Hmm. So we've seen the number of cases skyrocket because they're included probable cases, but now just once a week. And uh, in Jackson, we had uh, 13 new cases yesterday. Yeah, so we're, you know, one of the topics has been uh, with that new variant, um, you know, why hasn't it, why hasn't the uh, outbreak, why haven't there been a ton more cases? Well, remember the Delta variant? No. It, it, it came and it went. <laughs> yeah, they come and go, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot going on, uh, a lot going on this weekend. Tomorrow, um, there is the Summit on Violence, and that's happening at the American One Event Center. Mm-hmm. And I believe it starts at 8.30. You can register online or register in person. Um, I'm going to go out to that tomorrow for, uh, for at least a few hours. Um, should be a good turnout. There's already over 160 people, but uh, there's going to be a great guest speaker, Jarmaine Merritt, former gang member in Chicago, is going to tell his transformation story, and uh, looking forward to, to hearing that. And then on uh, Monday, the Chamber's hosting an economic luncheon, and uh, it's a topic that I think uh, really the entire uh, country is thinking about, attracting and retaining talent. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, They'll have speakers from Melling and uh, IST, our good friends at IST, on Monday. So if you'd like to sign up for that, you can visit the, uh, the Chamber's website. Yeah, Doug Scott, um, HR uh, expert at IST, will be uh, on the panel. 
Also this weekend on Friday and Saturday, it's robotics at Spring Arbor University. Uh, big competition and a lot of local schools will be participating, will be out there as well. And you're welcome to go out and uh, watch. It's amazing how packed the McDonald Athletic Center will be mm -hmm. with that uh, robotics competition. Yeah, and it, it's, uh, it's no different than um, the crowd level of a, of a major sporting event. Yeah. I mean, it is intense. It's fun to watch. If you've, if you've never been, uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, you were out and about yesterday. I was, I was. Yeah, we didn't have any uh, sports uh, really going on, um, so we don't have any scoreboard. But um, yeah, Brandon, uh, Lucas, and I, we were able to take a trip to Habitat for Humanity, and they have uh, a couple great fundraisers kicking off in April. I'm out at the Habitat for Humanity Restore with Executive Director Wendy Clow and Board President Colin Cody, and it's a uh, it's a big day. It's uh, April, which means fundraiser month. It is. April is really kicking off a couple of big fundraisers for us. Um, we have one that's called Home is the Key, and Home is the Key is a restore focused type of fundraiser where when you come in and shop you have the opportunity to donate a little bit extra for the home is the key campaign and um, and then when you do that you're going to be entered into a drawing we have some great partners around here that have uh, donated some great prizes for that and it's also an awareness campaign that is something that is done it's a campaign that's in partnership with all habitats across the country and also in partnership with um, uh, HGTV and mm -hmm. the Property Brothers they're doing commercials and different things like that so um, it's a big it's a big fundraiser for Habitat uh, nationwide so that we we want people to stop into the store we want April's a, a time where everybody's starting to uh, think about getting out here anyway so great time to to visit for that and then we also have a partnership um, across the state of Michigan with Consumers Energy and there is a fundraiser called Power of Home with Consumers Energy where they're uh, matching 50%, they're doing a 50% match up to a total of $300,000. And that is for um, habitats throughout the state. So we're kind of in a competition for, with other habitats mm -hmm. for, that, for that match. So uh, that, that fundraiser is done online, uh, but we're gonna talk about it here today um, for the people that come in and uh, um, help people get signed up to, to join in with that fundraiser as well. Yeah, great opportunity to come down. And uh, Colin, I saw you kind of redecorating the store a little bit. What can people find? at the ReStore. Hey, everything you need for redoing your home if you want to come in. I know just the furniture. People come in and get the furniture all the time. We have a lot of furniture like that. If you've got something, if you've got pets, you don't want to spend a lot of money on it, you can come in. We have the little knickknacks and everything, but they've got, if you want to remodel a bathroom or anything like that, we've got sinks, vanities, mirrors, all that stuff here. Everything's here you need. I found a DeWalt drill for like $10, so I'm going to get that yeah. before I leave. Yeah. Now, I know you're very proud of, of what uh, the board and, and Wendy and everyone has yeah. accomplished. Uh, talk a little bit about the momentum of uh, the Greater Jackson Habitat for Humanity. Hey, we're heading in the right direction. We've been doing, we've amazed myself at what we've accomplished. The DeLand project downtown is just amazing. We're hoping to have that where we can have an open house coming up maybe by May. We'll have an open house on that and I encourage everybody to come out and look at that because you'll be amazed at those homes we built. And I hope it's a design that other builders might take elsewhere around the city and try to build some of those same homes. They'll be self-sufficient which is really amazing too. And really uh, 
uh, Wendy, we've talked about this in the past, but uh, really just uh, be helps beautify the downtown, but you're also putting folks in a house and, and uh, helping them better their financial position. They have a mortgage and it's just, uh, it's, it's just great progress. It's generational help too. It's not just for right that family immediate. Mm -hmm. It'll help their kids throughout the generations. They'll be able to learn more because they'll have a place at home to study and a solid home life and it just makes a difference. Yeah, it's great work being done uh, at the Habitat for Humanity. And you've yeah. been here a, a while now, Wendy. Yeah. You must really enjoy the work you've been able to do. Yeah, yeah, I've been here, um, I had to think about this earlier. Uh, October will be five years. Wow. I can't believe it's been five years. <laughs> I've spent the first two years saying I'm the new director, but I can't say that anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's very powerful um, it, just to see the impact that we're making. And I get to see it firsthand. And, um, and, and that's a benefit I feel like I have. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you both on all the successful Thank so you. far, and uh, we wish you a great fundraising month of April. So encourage everyone to get out to the Habitat for Humanity Restore. They have some great uh, stuff out there. I found a DeWalt drill and battery for 15 bucks. Did you buy it? No, I saved it for someone. <laughs> I told someone here about it, though. Hey, today's show is brought to you by Printer Source Plus, and they know the cost of everything is rising from gas to groceries. It's important to save money where you can. Printer Source Plus is your local solution to take care of all of your printing needs, both residential and commercial. Visit them in the CTI Tech Plaza right next to uh, Trips Auto Shop. We have a great show for you today. We're going to talk about uh, birds, environmental health, and more with Don Hadick from the Jackson County Health Department after this. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. We're back on the morning show and April is National Minority Health Month, an important time to recognize the gaps in health care people of color contend with in our communities. Minority groups experience inequalities in our healthcare system, which creates a disproportionate burden of preventable disease, death, and disability when compared to non-minorities. The Center for Family Health works hard to ensure equal access to care for all our patients. Visit centerforfamilyhealth.org today to learn how the center works to provide equal care for all. The Center for Family Health has been opening the door to health care for all in Jackson County for more than 30 years. Today is World Health Day and National Public Health Week. And joining us from the Jackson County Health Department is the Director of Environmental Health, Don Haduk. Hey, Don. Well, hi, Mark. Good to be here again. Morning, Don. Morning, Andy. Happy uh, National Public Health Week and World Health Day. Well, thank you. It's, uh, it's an annual uh, item that uh, the um, National Public Health Institute puts out every year. Uh, we're happy to celebrate it and uh, as well as this opportunity to get some information out to your audience. This is the time of the year when uh, bird flu kind of takes over the news a little bit. You hear about these cases. Um, anything going on in Jackson? Well, uh, not in Jack Jackson specifically yet, okay, and that's a big word, mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. It may, you know, it's the old when and if issue on bird flu. Um, this happens to be 
building up to the worst year for highly pathogenic avian flu since 2015. Um, it's already been detected in 24 states. Uh, it kind of got its start over in the Mid-Atlantic area, the Carolinas, but now seems to be centered in the Iowa uh, center part of the country where there's a lot of poultry operations. Um, it has a very, very, very low potential for human impact, okay? But poultry prices are going up because yeah. if a flock becomes infected, basically the response, culling the flock, okay? Oh. So um, I don't know the exact number, but we're already into millions of birds being having to be culled, hmm. okay? Uh, euthan, you know, euthanized essentially. Obviously that takes out the some of the supply. The demand is still there for chicken. I love my chicken, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay? And as we have seen, the prices are going up. That's only one component sure. of the price increase, but you know, it's a factor, yeah. let's, let's face it. Zoos, that I saw yesterday, zoos and uh, other avian uh, places are bringing their birds in, they're keeping them from being outside at all. Well, as well as some of their other animals too, but mostly the birds, you're right. And we recommend that for all the backyard flocks. We have a lot of people who have back, small backyard flocks for eggs or uh, meat chickens, what have you. Bring them undercover for the next month or two or so, okay, until uh, this, you know, epidemic of bird flu, you know, comes and goes, okay? It will go away. It is being spread by wild migratory birds uh, because it is endemic in that particular population. And again, much like many health-related items, you know, there is an ebb and flow, you know, to this as well. So bring your flock inside. Other preventative measures would be having a separate pair of boots specifically for your backyard coop. Bird boots. Bird, bird boots. boots. Bird do boots. not, do not, you know, bring those boots elsewhere because all, all you potentially might be doing is spreading the virus, you know, in other areas. I think uh, we've become more aware of uh, public health, the importance of the community's public health because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. That's, I, I, I know that's the, it's the silver lining when it comes to uh, public health education, but that's part of what uh, affects this week as far as how you're um, celebrating and observing Public Health Week. Yeah, we want, we want to make it, uh, the people understand, public health focuses on the long-term view, generally speaking, okay? We also, you know, do community population, but the individual as well. So our programs, you know, that focus on the individual, WIC, you know, women, infants, and children, basically nutritional uh, help, guidance, as well as blood lead testing. Uh, we have MIP, M-I-H-P, Maternal Infant Health Program. Okay, again, another program for uh, mothers and children. Uh, and then uh, we also do a lot of that, but we also work on the long-term and collaborative relationships. So, I mean, we've been involved with the, uh, what's now known as the Jackson Collaborative Network. Mm -hmm. Um, at, which has evolved from the Health Improvement Organization Collaborative Council. We, ten plus years we've been involved in, in that. I've been here eight and a half years. And that's working with all the various network agencies. And currently uh, there is 155 
local agencies involved in that wow. network. So there's a lot of collaboration going on. How's the uh, the workforce in the in the department locally and across the state and nation? Are uh, are more people getting into public health or leaving public health uh, since the pandemic? Well, since the pandemic, we're still in the pandemic. Let's clear sure, that up. Sure. Okay, yeah, we're in a lull. Yeah. Okay, but if you pay attention to the global news, England has currently got five million cases mm. of of the BA two Omicron variant happening. So. Pandemic's not actually over. Sure. Um, but getting back to your point of the workforce, uh, we've, public health took a hit. Healthcare system took a hit during the past two years. Uh, in fact, driving to work this morning, I heard a uh, news story uh, that healthcare in general is still 300,000 jobs less than it was pre-pandemic. Mm -hmm. That's focusing on patient issues in the healthcare system. Let's face it, heart attacks are still happening. Diabetes, there's all, I had a knee uh, operation, you know, pre-pandemic. Some of that was delayed, you know, and for mm -hmm. folks. But, you know, healthcare is down in workforce. We're down in workforce. It's going to take time to build that back up to pre-pandemic levels because both, both systems need fully staffed personnel. Mm -hmm. And the career has been shown to not be as attractive right now because of the stress and strain that uh, everyone's endured. Uh, it's never been an easy job, and the past two years made it a little bit worse. Unless, you know, you know call it for what it is. <laughs> There's a little bit of stress, uh, a little bit of uh, outrage, uh, public health. I mean, luckily it didn't occur here in Jackson County, but there have been a couple instances where health officers were actually threatened, mm -hmm. and one was purposely driven off a road. So let's call it for what it is. There's no reason for that. That's an extreme such, you know, reaction mm -hmm. to something you don't agree with. So Yeah, there's a lot of that these days. Yeah. Uh, things but baseball season started. Yeah, so that, that is good. will help. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Are you a, a, a Tigers Tigers fan? Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, I grew up in the Detroit area, okay. St. Clair Shores, uh, growing nice. up. I'm of the age I uh, uh, I saw the 68 Tigers. Nice. Okay. I'm giving away my age. <laughs> Did you ever go to an opening day? Uh, opening day? Uh, it's been a long time, yeah. uh, but I did, and uh, many, many times, and including opening days where you know we're sitting in our winter jackets and watching the snow <laughs> right. fly, yeah. oh, which yeah. might happen tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, snows. It's possible. It's possible. Anything's possible in Michigan. So each day this week during Public Health Week, you are focusing on a different uh, area and topic activity um, during uh, at the health department. Well, sure. And, and truth be told, we focus on these topics every day, 24-7, uh, 365. I can throw the cliches out yeah. as well. But, uh, yeah, you know, again, you know, today public health is where you are. Well, we're here. And across Michigan, there's 45 local health departments. That's how Michigan works. We have the state health department, but then uh, we get down to the local level uh, to deal with the residents and the communities mm -hmm. at the local level. So 83 counties, 45 health departments. Some of those health departments are multiple counties. So that's one way that public health is actually right where you are. Um, and then. Uh, we already talked about the workforce. Uh, that was yeah, uh, today's Thursday. Yeah, uh, Tuesday's uh, focus was workforce. Uh, you know, we've we've gone through some evolution at the health department ourselves, uh, where we've had to do some hiring to replace 
workers that have left for one reason or another, either through retirement or they've just found different focuses within their personal life. Who knows? Uh, but we've had to do some rehiring. Um, yesterday was uh, basically community collaboration and resilience, okay? Uh, we are resilient, you know, we've yeah, been through two years of extreme, hard, stressful uh, response mm -hmm. to the pandemic and trying to maintain our programs, which we have. Sure, there's been some bumps along the road, but we're uh, resilient, we're bringing those back. WIC is back now in person uh, to some extent, uh, well, a great extent, uh, environmental health is in person, but yeah, there have been some changes. Uh, we're a little bit more remote work uh, in, in areas that makes efficiency sense. Uh, but then tomorrow, what's tomorrow? Uh, accessibility, closing the health equity gap. That gets back to that Jackson Collaborative Network, you know, the 155 agencies. They've been focusing on uh, the, you know, focusing on the social determinants of health. You know, that's financial security, that's transportation, that's housing. So if you think about it at the individual level, if you can't get to a healthcare appointment, you can't be healthy. And so there's a whole lot of things at the individual level that we're trying to, uh, you know, help and guide and fix at the uh, population level. That's what public health does. Well, thanks to you and all the team at Jackson County Health Department for all you've done during this pandemic, all you do every day, and uh, for being here today. Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you. Don Hadick, Director of Environmental Health at the Jackson County Health Department. Next up, we'll be talking about solar energy. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show on JTV. Today's show is brought to you by Vermeulen Furniture. Now in their third generation of being locally owned and operated, Vermeulen's prides themselves on offering great brand name furniture at affordable prices. Thanks to Vermeulen's for helping us bring you today's show. Our next guests are hoping to bring us some sunshine from Harvest Solar, Territory Sales Manager, Jake Schuster, and Director of Marketing, Kara Jepkowitz. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you morning. for having Thanks for us. us. Yes. How are you guys? Doing good. Wish it was a little sunnier out today, yeah. but April showers, hopefully some more sun coming soon. Yeah, so you guys yeah. have been uh, rocking and rolling the last few years. Um, what is the state of uh, solar, Jake? Yeah, so state of solar in Michigan right now, really it comes down to dollars and cents. You know, cost of everything is going up these days. So a lot of our customers are trying to, you know, lock in their energy rates and save money over the life of the panels and their system. And overall, you know, just provide a healthy, clean energy back onto the system into their homes. I think I mispronounced your name. Jacobitz. 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 Yeah, sorry about that. Potato, yeah. potato. I get a lot of variations. <laughs> so the, the conception of um, having solar energy for your home is that the, uh, the panels overwhelm your property and that uh, they might even be uh, just too uh, unwieldy to even be, um, to, to be effective. Has, has the technology changed? Do you need as many? Uh, panels and all that that you first did when it first goes out? So the technology has changed. They've 
they're becoming more efficient and um, growing in size and all that stuff. The racking components are improving too. The thing about it is um, solar seems so simple and taboo, but solar does not make sense for everybody. Mm -hmm. Every system is custom tailored. We actually, that's a big thing about Harvest Solar is we're a turnkey um, company where from the start to the finish, you will be dealing with our people. So that means, you know, we're gonna have probably, you know, one of our great sales associates come out, check your property, do a site assessment and look at that energy bill, see what your usage is, and then come up with a recommendation that's gonna best fit your needs. And then from there, it's gonna be our construction crew building the project that our engineering team designed and all that stuff too. So from start to finish, it's us, and it's all gonna be custom and tailored to get you to your energy goal. And sometimes it just doesn't make sense for people to do that. So we try to be really informative, walk people through the process and tailor the system to what is going to get you to. And some people go for the, the environmental factors. Some people go for money saving factors. Some people go for branding components and all sorts of stuff. So there's a bunch of different goals out there. Yeah, there's a lot of confusion. You'll see you know, articles pop up here and there on uh, tax incentives or tax credits. Um, but you guys do a, a ton with businesses. I know you've done some stuff locally. Um, but what is, your, what is your specialty? What's your bread and butter? Yeah, so we focus primarily on agriculture and commercial solar arrays. Um, we do a lot of residential work off that too. I mean, we definitely like to take care of our people in the Jack, greater Jackson area. Um, so we kind of dabble in a lot of it. We do some utility scale solar um, on the bigger fields that you see building those and constructing those. But the most of what we do is your small to medium sized farm commercial mm -hmm. business because um, they can really take advantage of the incentives that are out there. So it'll pay off a little bit quicker for those types of setups. But yeah. we really take a look at every situation. Um, and even if it's a project that we can't help out with, we can always make a recommendation um, and kind of point somebody in the right direction. Do these two make you uh, say MBA after you say their name? <laughs> oh Luke, yeah, Luke and, uh, Luke Luke and Mark. Mark uh, yeah, a couple of, couple of great guys, and of course, uh, Mark founded the company. And um, you know, one thing looking at all these projects you guys are doing, everything is just so damn clean. You know, <laughs> when it's done, I assume that your uh, your customers are just always really happy with the product. Yeah, and that's definitely what we, you know, focus and strive for at the end of the day. You know, it really all comes down to customer service and making sure that we're providing our customers with essentially a clean looking array and something they're going to be happy looking at for the next 30 plus yeah. years. So high quality components is what we like to focus our time and efforts on. Do you think the uh, size of the panels uh, will get smaller over time? So maybe we just have at our house one say six by six panel uh, taking care of the whole house. Do you see that Gosh, down, they're, they're coming down the up line? With the shingles. Oh, solar power. Yeah, solar Tesla power was shingles. working on solar power so they look like shingles okay. and they're very sleek. Um, so yeah, they're all coming up with a, there's, they're even making them like into sculptures now. Yeah. Like there's flowers mm -hmm. that bloom and move and things like that too. So they, they're coming a long way. Yeah. Yep. Getting a lot more efficient year by year. The panels are getting slightly more efficient every single year. So it's been a steady progress year over year. And the square footage is shrinking as well too. So I'm sure it's just a matter of time yeah. before it's and optimized. You had a customer who made a solar patio. 
That was, yeah, cool. That's that was cool. pretty cool. Yep, exactly. So, so there's, there's a bunch of different applications for what you can do. A lot of people turn them into lean-tos and use them for storage for wood or for toys and equipment. So the possibilities are limitless with carports and going on your roof versus a normal ground mm -hmm. mount. So there's a, plenty of different options that are out there today. Yeah, right, right downtown we've got several um, solar arrays mm -hmm. that are powering. I know Christoph and Sons, you guys mm -hmm. are there yes, that. Uh, yep. when, when they uh, redid that building. Um, and driving by, you don't even notice it because they've got it lined up in the in the back. And how's that working in a downtown? It's possible, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, honestly, every situation is different and unique. You know, so that's part of our processes is going in and doing a site assessment and kind of taking a look at the property and the energy needs in whole. So if you got a nice roof with a lot of sun exposure, then a lot of the times that makes sense. But if you got some room on the ground, that's usually financially your best investment. But we do a lot of projects in the area. We've got a lot going on with the Habitat for Humanity as yeah. well, too, downtown that we're doing as is well. Is that Vermeulen's, so. Jake? Um, I think is. that is, yeah. yes. Yep. For yep. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. Mm -hmm. My idea is to put these panels on a car and then you just drive around mm -hmm. and never have to stop for gas or electricity. Yeah. Is that possible? Go. They're getting there, honestly. Yeah. I was just reading an article recently about that too. So being integrated into the roof of the car. So yeah. that whole world's changing like crazy yeah. right now. Cost savings is, is kind of always a question that the, the consumer will have. Mm -hmm. Can you give us uh, a few examples of maybe some cost savings that uh, you've had for uh, maybe some of your big clients? Yeah, definitely. So really what it is, is, you know, whether you're putting in panels to offset 10, 50 or 100% of your usage, those savings are always going to be there. So mm -hmm. if you have a, a healthy tax appetite and you can take on some of the federal incentives that are out there, there is some programs available through the USDA and some grant money that's also out there as well, too, for some rural farms and businesses. So in terms of the savings, I mean, you're, you're essentially locking in your energy rate at a much lower rate per kilowatt hour than the utility rates that keep increasing over time. So again, it's just kind of a step to mitigate against those costs mm -hmm. that start to compound year over year. So really that's where you start to see the yeah. savings over time. Yeah. Year round daylight savings time, good or bad? Actually, <laughs> the history of daylight saving time was kind of favorable for solar because really? it was for farmers to get ex you know yeah. more daylight so they can be more productive. Um, I have small children, so I'm good at just the same time all year. Yeah. That'd be perfect. Yeah, I was happy when the, we just moved on from that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Right. And we have enough sun in Michigan, right? Yeah, and that's really the thing is, honestly, we, we get way more sun than you think. I mean, mm -hmm. even on a day like today where it's mostly cloudy out, you still have all that sunlight coming through. So although you may not be at 100% of what you'd use on a nice sunny summer day, you're still getting that production offset and saving that portion on your utility bill. And what makes solar work in Michigan is not that we get the most amount of sun, we get plenty, but we pay about the ninth or 10th highest electric rates in the entire country. So that's where the financial aspect comes into play and long term that's where it makes sense wow and then two i don't know if you remember this summer but the peak hours yes. where they spiked that would protect you from that too you would you know so the utility rates that fluctuate and move you'd be protected from that too so there's a savings there and then panels they're actually more efficient in the colder weather. Really? Yep. Huh. yep. So, That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, you take a look at a nice sunny clear day in December or January compared to a nice summer day in July or August, and you'll actually be more efficient in the winter just because once the panels reach a certain temperature and they get too hot, they start to lose some efficiency. So you're actually more efficient, although there's just less sunlight hours throughout the winter there. 
Well, uh, thank you guys very much for being with us and continued success over at Harvest Solar. Yes, thank you guys. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you guys. Jake Schuster and Kara Jacobitz from Harvest Solar. We'll be right back on the morning show after this break. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. With us now is Miss Jackson Crossroads 2022, Katie Powell. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. When were you crowned Miss Jackson Crossroads? I was crowned last August, so okay. 2021. So it was a very exciting time. I wasn't expecting it, but it's been a great year so awesome. far. Awesome. Have you been able to uh, get out and about in uh, the community? So ultimately not as much as I would have liked because of all the COVID issues still being present. My main goal going into the year was to promote my uh, social impact initiative of getting young children and women involved with science. But that's been difficult not being able to get <laughs> yeah. into the schools and things. Um, so one of the reasons we're having my event of Science Fest is to kind of do that. But um, I've been able to attend a lot of local events too and just get involved in that way, which has been really nice. So uh, this is obviously your passion, your recent graduate of Michigan State University, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, you're uh, continuing on doing research for MSU. What uh, what type of research are you working on right now? Can you yeah, tell us? Yeah, I can talk about my research all day long. <laughs> um, so I do research within Michigan State um, University's Precision Health Program, who was ending up sponsoring my event, so they are so fabulous. And I do research on pancreatic cancer. So we look mm. at different microRNAs, which are non-coding regulatory RNAs, so kind of understudied research um, in that realm. So we look at how different microRNAs affect the growth of different pancreatic cancer tumors and then modulating treatments. So then that can be used in the clinical setting. Awesome. Very oh, cool. Do you know what she said? Something about rocket scientists, <laughs> <laughs> right? Is that it? Yeah, close awesome. enough. <laughs> so you brought uh, a beaker. I do know that. Is yes. that right? Uh, it's a beaker. Not not technically a beaker, is it? It's an Erlenmeyer flask, uh, but close enough. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Is that what's that? That's a that's a measuring cup. That's right? a measuring cup. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> So okay. we're going to do this after the commercial. A science break. experiment live. live. Yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do this live on air. We're going to be right back with Katie Paul, Miss Jackson, Crossroads 2022. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. We're back with Katie Powell, Miss Jackson Crossroads 2022. Katie's a Michigan State alum and a Brooklyn Columbia Central alum. And uh, you're bringing science to town. Yes, we are. I'm very excited to bring science to Jackson. Um, this Saturday, April 9th, we're having um, Jackson County Science Fest, where I will be doing, I think we have 23 booths of different science activities for young kids uh, to come around and see all these cool things. And I brought an example of one of our science experiments that we'll have on Saturday here with me today. Um, but we have things from liquid nitrogen ice cream, making fossils, elephant's toothpaste, silly putty, so many fun things. So I'm super excited. And you brought a, a 
treat for us. I did. Um, so this is elephant's toothpaste. So it takes a minute to activate the yeast. So I'm going to start that now. But how, how um, important is it for science to be fun for kids when they're first learning? So important. I remember when I was little, my dad taught me a lot about science. He was a professor um, at Jackson College, and so he always had a lot of fun things for me to do on the weekend. And so that's why I loved science. And it was those extra experiences that really made me develop that passion. That's cool. So this is elephant toothpaste. I've heard yes. of this. Now yes. you're mixing its yeast and water. Yep, so we added some warm water to activate the yeast and that releases one of the catalysts within the yeast. So then when I add it, um, this is hydrogen peroxide and dish soap. So the yeast is gonna serve as a catalyst and release the oxygen, which is gonna give us bubbles. I'm used to making, uh, or witnessing making slime. I mean, that's all kids mm -hmm. do is make slime. And uh, Diet Coke and Mentos. Yeah. <laughs> Slime is a classic. So I think um, my daughter asked to do this, and I believe we told her no. <laughs> oh no! Is this going to make a mess? No, it shouldn't. <laughs> I've practiced many times, and it's never gotten out of my tray. Okay, well, I have the mini version. They have okay. some where it squirts way All up. Right, maybe that's that's what happened. I've seen a house covered with the foam. Yeah, people. Yeah, yeah these pranksters. They fill the house with the stuff. <laughs> okay. So I think we're ready to go, and forewarning, there are times when this doesn't work, but that's <laughs> science, so. We should be, should we should be I wearing cover goggles? Okay. We're okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, look at that. Nice, right. oh wow, that's awesome. Look at that. It's a reaction between yeast and Hydrogen so peroxide. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Wow. Just have a tray and it's easy clean up, put it in the sink and you're good. Looks like a shamrock shake. Uh, <laughs> those are a classic. <laughs> what uh, age kids uh, should come to the um, science fest this Saturday? Yeah, so we definitely have a lot of activities, different levels of hands-on activities can modulate it for different ages. So anywhere from kindergarten to sixth or seventh grade, I think we have a lot of activities for all the kids to enjoy. Does it cost any money to go? Nope, absolutely free. Um, Precision Health program at Michigan State and Columbia School District have been really helpful at sponsoring this event for us. So it's free for the kids. We will have some food. Cool. We'll have some backpacks for the first ones to arrive, which have little science things. So it's super cute. <laughs> you know who would be good to take? Jim. Yes. Jim, yes. Your, your grandson, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> He'd love it. Yeah, so 12, uh, 12 to 3 Saturday. They actually wouldn't brush their teeth with this because it's dish soap. It's just... Why don't you try it? <laughs> you want to taste it? There is a warning not to use it as actual toothpaste. Yes. <laughs> and you have an interest in pancreatic cancer. Is there a particular reason? Is there someone in your family or what, what's guiding you in this direction? So I wanted to get involved in the cancer field, um, whether it be pancreatic cancer or another cancer. Um, I just really wanted to help people in some way, and cancer has always been fascinating to me because it has such a large impact on so many people everywhere. And so I originally was involved with some of our breast cancer pro projects, um, and just as I've grown through the lab, I just kind of transitioned more into our pancreatic cancer work. And uh, next steps for you in your professional career, yes. um, you've got a, uh, this is an exciting month for you. Um, mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about what your next steps are. 
Yeah, so my next steps are applying for graduate school. I am intending to become a genetic counselor. So I've been, since September, going through the process of applying to different schools. And so at the end of this month, I find out if I match to somewhere and if I'll be going to grad school in the fall. What does a genetic uh, counselor do? Yeah, so it's a really new field, so a lot of people don't know what they do. I didn't know what they do until I happened to stumble across <laughs> it. And so it seems like a perfect marriage of my love of research and my desire to be in a clinical setting. And so genetic counselors meet with patients who have concerns about, um, you know, if they're pregnant and want to talk about different concerns, if they have a genetic disease that might get translated to their children, or if they have cancer and talking about the genetics of cancer and how that can go through a family. So it's really talking with patients about what kind of testing is out, is out there um, and what options could be for the future and just kind of talking with them to let them know what's going on from a genetic standpoint. Awesome. Do you have uh, other events lined up this summer uh, to be uh, wearing the crown? Um, the biggest one coming up after Science Fest is Miss Michigan. So after Science yeah. Fest, a lot of my focus is going to be going towards preparing for Miss Michigan, which I'm very excited mm -hmm. for, and that'll be in June. Awesome. Well, good luck. Thank yeah. you. Now, do you do a talent at Miss Michigan? I do. What's your talent? I will be tap dancing. Oh, <laughs> <Okay>. boy. <Yep>. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. The tap dancing scientist. Hey. Right. I tried to merge the two at one point, trying to figure <laughs> out if I could tap dance while doing a science experiment, but that seemed to be pushing it <laughs> a little. <laughs> well, I think you'll go far. I do uh, too. Very impressive. And we we'll look forward to seeing you Saturday at Columbia Central. Thank you so much. Miss <laughs> Jackson Crossroads, Katie Powell. We've run out of time. Already? Yeah. That's it for uh, today. Thanks to everybody for uh, being with us here on the, uh, the morning show. I know Dick, next week Dr. Alan Lazar will be back with us. Yes, that's right. He'll be back. Uh, Two-year anniversary of his first time coming on, so we're excited to have him. Looking forward to that. Have a great weekend. <laughs> I mean, I don't have the lineup, do you? Uh,